Even though I feel the same, I've met a couple tourist people that I'm like, oh gosh. I'm not gonna give you stuff straight off the bat, but if once I know you and I can trust you, yeah, then I am absolutely gonna give you everything. Like right, right, and I'm not. I'm definitely the. I'll just give you. You're a Pisces. Give, You're yeah. the number one like yeah. nicest sign yeah. according to everybody. Yeah, except I'm also one of the top people on the fucking suit martyr list. Like fucking. I I'm. I'm get, nice until I'm no longer nice. I don't nice. get to have, I don't have, I'm on also on that list since yeah. I'm a Gemini and I don't even have, I don't, I don't get number one. I get, I'm two-faced or I'm a like <laughs> shitty person. Like those are the worst people to deal with. Like Gemini's, fuck that shit. No, fuck Tauruses, bro. Fuck Tauruses. Fuck Tauruses. Every one of my men, X-Men has been a goddamn fucking Taurus except for like two which was like a fucking goddamn Libra and a Cancer, which also fuck them. Sorry. See, Libra is supposed to be another nice sign, and Taurus. Even though I feel the same, I've met a couple Taurus people that I'm like, oh gosh. Ew. It does depend on the month, because there's like the May Tauruses and the April Tauruses, obviously for each sign. No, no, everyone is in either one. Every and time I, don't I like see them. Taurus things, it's like, oh, they're so nice, they're so level-headed, and I'm like, which Tauruses are you meeting? Because none of the Tauruses I've ever dated have been level-headed. They're all fucking explosive. Absolutely fucking explosive. Anyway. Oh! Don't get me fired up about fucking signs. April and May. Very similar. April, but fucking May. Like, a full, like, beginning of April, like, the beginning of April Taurus, the end of May Taurus. So, like, very opposite ends of the spectrum. Supposed to be, no. Both very fucking hot-headed, explosive, throw shit across the room, yell and scream randomly, like, break remotes and controllers all of a sudden. I'm like, yo, I've never met a level fucking... Tauruses are so grounded. I was like, bitch, where? Where? Grounded in their feistiness? Like, no, bitch. They are not. They are not. I also think the, like, making sure you understand everyone's full sign, like, full chart. Yeah, full full sign is obviously a factor, but I know people don't even, like, when... Gemini's, they always take the two-faced thing, and I'm like, that's a May Gemini. You ever met a June Gemini? They're not like that. <laughs> I'm like, most June Geminis you will meet are so nice. And then you also have, like, the shy Geminis, which is, like, me, who you don't see as often, like, when you But they'll also it. stab your fucking throat if necessary. Like... Only if you make me. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, when necessary. I said when necessary. I'm a pacifist. No, if I'm gonna stab you, it's because you did something wrong. You fucked it up somehow really bad to the point where I was like, I have to compromise my morals. <laughs> because you're a fuckhead. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Table Talks where deeper conversations are something highly sought after but rarely explored. And I have with me, as always, my beautiful co-host, Alyssa. Hi, Pumpkin. How are you? Good. Good. I don't know if you guys can hear that. We have a lovely puppy running around upstairs, it sounds like. <laughs> Gotta love the nibs. Um, how are you this week? Pretty good. Pretty good? Oh, that doesn't sound great. <laughs> I think this topic's just got me. It's got me by the throat. I'm ready. <laughs> Fair enough. So what are we talking about this week? Well, before we dive into that, oh, yeah. we have to do our Emotion, Emotion of the Week. week. What do we got this week? 
So, right alongside this episode topic is our emotion of the week, withdrawn. Mm. Withdrawn means the past participle of withdraw, or removed from circulation, contact, competition, etc. Shy, retiring, reticent. Mm. I feel like the contact and shy go best with this episode. I would agree. I definitely... So to use it in a sentence, um, you know, I'm feeling very withdrawn from society with everything I have going on right now. Mm. So it's usually like you're pulling back, um, retreating, I would say, would be a good synonym. Absolutely. Um, away from something. And so you're taking any of the energy or action that you're putting behind it and taking it away, which I think is very on brand because we are going to be talking about emotionally draining people. Which sometimes you just need to be withdrawn from. Yeah, them suckers are hard. (laughs) (laughs) Suckers. Energy suckers, I mean. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I... Emotionally draining people are hard, bro. It's so difficult. And that is coming from, I think, two people who really are empathetic and get along with most people i mean i I, used to i feel like we're we're we might be moving not away from like the empathetic side like we can be empathetic but i think we're moving away from being the like agreeable and totally like yeah i'm there for you and like yeah like i see i i'm i hear you like we're more like "Uh uh-huh i hear you but like mm." Walls up, bitch. Walls up. Uh-uh. You ain't coming in this fortress, mofucker. Like I definitely agree, but I think that's something on our end. Yes. No, like my my goal in life is still to like be there for people, mm. to help people, to get along with people. But like I also recognize that I'm not going to personally like everybody. Yes. And also don't want to necessarily associate myself, whether whatever depths that means. Yeah. With somebody. Yeah. Absolutely. So, like, think that's the change that we even noticed. Yes, absolutely. Because, like, I had just had the conversation with my spouse the other day about our brand specifically and our episode, uh, Toxic Masculinity and Femininity. And I really wanted, we really want to bring on two other male perspectives to really understand their perspective on this topic. And we are just struggling to find somebody that aligns with having such an open conversation that isn't going to be us arguing the entire episode. Like, I don't yeah. want this to be, like, an Andrew Tate fucking shit. I don't like, want to fight. We're not going to, like, fight. argue back right. and forth. We're just going to have, like, an open discussion. And, yeah. like, Jocelyn and I are very open to, like, oh, something that we're doing that we maybe not recognize as being, Absolutely. like, toxic or toxic toxic feminine, femininity. Wow, words are hard. Trust to me, spelling that word out was hard as shit when I was trying to spell it out for you earlier. I was like, man, feminine. I think there's an extra I or an N. But yes, yes, I agree. I, I think that's why we're struggling to find somebody for that episode and why, even though we talked about it in season one and season two is almost coming gone, it's still not out because we don't feel like we've found somebody to really align with that conversation. And that's, yeah. and it, because it is a hard conversation and it is, almost like an emotionally draining conversation in and of itself. I think it can be yes. because of how it gets approached. I mean, no Absolutely. one wants to end up in an argument. You want to you don't be like fighting for your chance to speak or like mm. you don't want to defend your points. Absolutely. Like you want to talk about them and maybe you do make some really great points towards it to try to like 
help somebody understand it better, but, like, I'm not trying to win this argument between like us. There, like, it, like, it's not a winning. This is not a debate back and forth right. and who's gonna come out right. It's just, like, which a conversation. To- which, which one is more toxic, masculinity or femininity? No, that's not, that's not the point of that conversation, which is why we're struggling to find anybody that fits that dynamic because we don't want to, ha- we don't want that conversation to end up emotionally draining in a way. Like yeah. it has to be something that two people, hopefully four sets of people, four sets, four people. I was trying to say <laughs> two sets and four people and I, it came out all wrong. Um, you have to come out with four people that are very open-minded to have a hard discussion. And I think that's where emotionally draining people gets tough because having emotionally draining people and having hard conversations is like it's detrimental to your it, mental health. Oh my God. Like expect to need like a solid five day post recovery, like window. I think that's kind of what I was saying. Like I, when I talk about us or even just myself, I consider myself a very like open-minded, non-judgmental, wants to see the best and get along with people. Like I'm a good communicator. Mm. I value communication as a whole. Mm -hmm. So when I encounter somebody who I just, like, can't get through to, can't have a conversation or a hard discussion with, that is when it becomes, like, I'm like, wow. Like, if I can get along with most people and have these types of conversations, I can't have a conversation with you. Like, something's wrong. (laughs) Something's up. Something's missing. Like, there... And that's the thing, too, is, like, I've seen so many videos about like different communication styles and you and I have tried so many different ways to communicate a point that's not so direct because I feel like (laughs) you and I are very direct, but that's because that's how we communicate and that's what works best for us. So here's the thing. And then you correct me if I'm wrong. Call me on my bullshit. Like I'm here for the accountability if I need it because I feel like I am a big on communication and I'm also willing to, one, own my own shit and responsibility, and two, learn as much as I can to try and change, like, like, I remember talking to you multiple times, and being like, I just can't get through to this person, and, like, you're, like, giving me tips, I'm looking at videos, I'm like, I tried this method, and this didn't work, I tried rephrasing, and, like, when I still can't get through to some, like, and have a conversation with that person, that is when I'm like, no, bro, it's you, it's not me, it's, it's definitely not me, like, I know I've tried my hardest, I've done, like, the due diligence, the work that goes in behind it, and it's still not happening. Yeah, yeah, and that's what's, I, but also, like, that goes back to, like, now it's so frustrating, and you start to pull back from those people, like, personally, at least, I know for myself, like, when I can't communicate with you, or, it brings up some sort of angst inside of me or even anxiety to have a conversation that shouldn't be a big conversation, but is turning into a big conversation because of all of these feelings. That's when I'm like, Ooh, is, is who I'm trying to have this conversation with someone I even want to attempt to have this conversation with. I think emotionally draining people can come in a variety of types. Mm. Like, so you think about all of the emotions that we do experience. Yes you can have one of every type. Like, somebody who is... You're very happy, and they want to take away your happiness. Mm-hmm. That's emotionally draining. Someone who conti- continually makes you sad or points out the sad facts in your life or pessimistic, that's another type. Mm-hmm. Someone who is, like we're talking about, who just cannot communicate, and we end up in an argument 
or like frustrated so or angry. can't get your point across. Right. That's the angry, the frustration, the, the people that are jealous and want to take care of that. Like, or there's, a, there's even the people that like you're sad and all they want to do is make you happy without hearing why you're sad. Like that can be emotionally draining in and of itself. Like I just want to be sad. Like just let me cry about it. Yeah. Let me feel all of the emotions I need to feel in order to get to the happiness. Like the happiness, yes, is the end goal. But like, I need to be sad first. Like they say, like sometimes dealing with the emotion right as it is when it's happening is the best time to deal with it. Even if, yeah, it is taking five, 10 minutes to go cry in the fucking work bathroom because that's what you need to feel what you're feeling, get it out. And then it's like, wow, okay. It doesn't get, it doesn't get caught up in the rest of like, now I have to deal with all of these emotions, these sad or angry emotions, all of a sudden, all at once when something triggers them. Now I'm like, I'm a little more equipped. I'm maybe a little more even keel. <laughs> like That's such a good, it's difficult to navigate anyway, because one, you have the society factor where oh, we're just pushing gross. you to just like push that shit down. Mm-hmm. And that's what also people think that it's healthy to just be like, oh, don't worry about it. Stop crying. It's fine. It's going to work out. And it's like, that's not healthily working through your emotions. No. Like, it's sometimes good and relieve feeling to hear but like that's not what you need you still have to work through your emotions like especially i've been dealing with so much grief this past year since my dad's past and like that has been a huge example to it like i don't like when people are just saying it's okay you're gonna you're move on things will get easier i'm like it's not i have to generally just work through all of the stages of grief every emotion that i'm feeling so that i can actually process what has happened yeah and because I, that's healthy like yeah you should even though you're crying and it may look sad or, or you're like, oh my God, I want to hug you, like, from the other person. But, like, you have to work through that emotion and process it. And that is what the healthiness comes through. You feel it. You truly feel it. You're not avoiding it mm-hmm. by stopping crying or thinking you need to move on to something else and be happy. You're, like, you're feeling the emotion, processing it, and then moving forward and now knowing what's happened. Yeah. 100%. Also, I just had to make the... While you were talking, I just related it back to Care Bears. I was like, yeah, there's, like, the Care Bears, which is the emotions, and there's all the Care Bears for the emotionally draining people. Bro. (laughs) Now you make me want to, like, make a sketch (laughs) of, like, all of the Care Bears and then, like, literally their opposites that are the emotionally draining people. I mean, okay. Even like think about Winnie the Pooh. Even is a good example where you I have like Winnie, <laughs> Winnie the Pooh, and then you have like Eeyore. Yeah. And like those are two different. I mean, he's not a he's not a taker, but no, no. But like you have like you show it shows like the difference of kind of like the emotions, kind of like the things you go through. But did do you know the backstory behind Winnie the Pooh? That like Winnie the Pooh like. Christopher Robin actually is, like, schizophrenic, and each of the You mean the Pooh, conspiracy theory? Yes, yes, the conspiracy theory. Not, like, the actual behind, but the conspiracy theory. But, yeah, I just, I think that's fascinating. And I think, I like Care Bears because I think Care Bears almost, in a way, taught you to deal with those emotions as they arise. Because it was, like, everybody gathered around you with whatever emotion was happening, But they never were trying to change you to make you... Like, they never try to change sad to happy. Yeah. They never try to make grumpy not grumpy. Like, what's the... What's the... What's the opposite of antonym to grumpy? (laughs) No, that's a cinnamon. Antonym is the opposite. Right? Oh, I'm sorry. You were asking for an antonym? Yeah, like, what's the opposite of someone who's grumpy? I don't... Positive? Positive. Okay, yeah. Okay. 
passionate. <laughs> Optimistic. Optimistic, that's the word. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like they never try to make him feel better. Like they never try to make any of the bad emotions feel better. Like no one ever tries to cheer up or Eeyore. They just make sure he's included. Well see that's what they still let him have his rainy cloud and cry and be sad and be depressed and grumpy while he's all there. I and think that's why those shows him. exist, because they're trying to show children how to process. I, I, I never really saw Care Bears. I kind of just it was know like, from the yeah. images and the stuff that I've seen. But I could definitely see there being, like, the Care the care Bears for, like, givers and takers. <laughs> or, like, oh emotionally draining people. Yes. Because there's also, if there's an emotion, there's also one, an emotional draining person for that emotion. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Let's talk about the givers and takers, though, because, like, we saw, I saw the TikTok video that I sent to you, yes. and, and it's, like, there's your typical, like, givers and takers, yeah. which everybody knows blanket well what a giver and taker is. Like, your givers, they'll give you everything. Doesn't matter what it is. No give questions asked. Give off their bag. Like, that's no questions always, asked. That's the and, phrase. And takers, they're going to take everything from you. Whatever they can take, they're going to take it. Your soul. <laughs> Basically. But there's the disagreeable givers... And the agreeable takers. Yes. Which is fascinating because you said you're more like a disagreeable giver. And I'm like a giver wholeheartedly until you piss me the fuck off. And then I'm a disagreeable giver. Yeah, that would definitely... So there's like... They consider traditional givers and takers. And then these this other category, which is the agreeable and disagreeable. Um, and so when you're a disagreeable giver... It means that you're kind of skeptical and you'll be like a normal, you know, like, hey, like, I'm not going to give you or take anything from you until I trust you. Mm. And then once they know that they're like a trusted person, they'll give you everything. Like, yeah. they'll offer you the same as a, a traditional giver. Yeah. The, the, I'm sorry, the agreeable taker is the, I think the best, they said it best in the video. It's the wolf in sheep's clothing. They're like, yeah. look so nice. They look, they act so empathetic towards you, but they're taking everything. They're manipulating you and they're taking everything from you. Yeah. Which for me, I found when I watched that, I was like, that's my ex. My ex used to be the most agreeable taker. Be like, oh, I totally understand. Like super empathetic. While like behind the scenes, like, oh, I'm going to take your debit card to go get groceries and, like, fill his house with fucking groceries. And I'm like, I thought I you had a list. Like, what happened? Why did... Where did $200 worth of fucking groceries go? I don't... I'm not here to feed your house. Like, I was here to split groceries 50-50 with you. Oh, so he was, like, a financial taker. Oh, big time. Oh, see, I, I actually know a person that's, like, a more emotional taker. Okay. Where, like, the conversations that I would have, I'd be, like, really, you know, upset about something or explaining a problem. And then they would give me the same, oh, I'm so sorry this is happening. That's so, 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 so terrible and everything. And then a point in the conversation happened where it would, like, switch. And then they'd be like, oh, well, I'm having something similar. And they kind of, like, slowly transition the conversation back to them and so then I was, like, at the end of the conversation reassuring them and being like, oh, it's going to be okay. And, you know, mm. that's a tough time. And, I, and then I'd leave the conversation and be like, didn't I start that conversation because I was having a problem? And, like, did my problem ever get resolved? Probably not. No. <laughs> so, wait, what the fuck happened? I just, like, gave them all of the attention that they needed. Like, it's almost like a manipulative. Absolutely. 100%. Where, like, they're maybe helping you so that they can help themselves. Yes. Yeah. Fun times. Oh, that's beautiful. We love those. <laughs> that nope. was a very sarcastic chef's kiss, if anyone heard it in the background. Very sarcastic. 
Yeah, I think I think it's so hard to have your I think it's so hard to be someone like you and I and be empathetic and want to give somebody wholeheartedly the attention they deserve because I feel like we grew up in households that like our emotions weren't heard because there just wasn't time for our emotions to be heard. So we've come out on the other side of that to want to be empathetic and hear everyone's emotions, hear their backstory and understand why they do what they do and really un- like really hear them out to get to a solution with them. Like we want to solve the problem with them. We want to be there for them. Like, yeah, like we have the, the vent, the, the advice. advice and give me a solution. Like we have those in place because we, we overstep boundaries because we just want to fix it for you. Like we do, we just want to like, we just want to get you to this end goal. So like those emotionally draining people, they're not trying to get to any end goal. They just want to take all they can and drain life out of you to put hopefully back into their own. It's even harder, too, because some of the people that you encounter as emotionally draining and you identify them as such don't realize that that's what they're doing. And Mm. it could be, you know, you're talking about, like, take, take, take. It also kind of can be where they need need something given to them. They need to, to have it be given over and over, like, with attention or love, affection, um, you know, money, whatever it is. They just need, they need it. Mm-hmm. And it's like their own trauma, which is okay. You got to work through that. Um, but like, it can be very draining, but you have to identify it for yourself first. Yeah. And I think the, the thing with emotionally draining people that as you were talking, this was something that came to mind was emotionally draining people will sometimes instead of solving the trauma, find a reason for their trauma. And that will be the reason why they go about and that's like oh I do that because I was never hurt as a child instead of being like I really want to fix being so reactive to this one thing because I was never hurt as a child it's like you you give a reason or I call it like I kind of consider it an excuse yes um which is why I'm a very like no nonsense no excuses person Mm -hmm. um which is a personal thing obviously but like my my bag my viewpoint on it is that you know you're this is your life we all have circumstances surrounding but you have like the end decision and some people don't want to take the time for that accountability to work through all those emotions those hard processes and, and then they just want to hard. say like hey like oh i'm sorry i, I like really want to choke you i just have mommy issues like um <laughs> did you hear what you just said sir <laughs> like that the reason that you you yes you might have mommy issues but like what are you doing to work through it if you don't want to do that? Oh, my God. Yes. Like, I just posted a TikTok that was stitching another one that was like, um, for all you girls, you know, whatever, how are the men that with mommy issues that you're dating? And I was like, bro. And I had a flashback to literally every man I ever dated for, like, more than a few months. And even the ones I dated for, like, a month, I was like, mommy issues, like, fucking galore. And I was like... Some of them I thought had daddy issues, but, like, the more I am, like, stepped away from those relationships, I'm like, y'all had mommy issues as fuck, and you were expecting me to fill this role of your absent mother, and, like, well, that just can't happen. I cannot be your mother. But that's how it feels on the other end of it. You're yeah. on the receiving end of those mommy issues, and so you're having to deal with the repercussions of all of that trauma, whereas if they had taken the time and acknowledged that, yes, it was mommy issues, but maybe worked through it 
and so that they weren't doing the same things Mm -hmm. that they may have experienced to you (laughs) or they'll end the relationship and be like oh I just I think I gotta work on you know my mommy issues got in the way and you're like yeah no shit I could have told you that from the first fucking two dates we had but like I thought you were working on on them (laughs) I thought you I thought you were gonna fix that and I think one of the other thing about emotionally draining people and I witnessed this with my last relationship was he he would flip the switch like very quickly. It was like, a, I'm so in love with you. I can't get enough with you. I'm obsessed with you too. I need to work on myself. I need to take time and like really work on these things that are a problem. I'm like, okay, so like, what are the problems? Like, I don't, I don't think, and I was very much at that point. I don't think you need to leave your relationship to work on yourself. I don't think that that has to happen. Where I feel like society tells us, you need to work on yourself before you get in a relationship and be perfect for your relationship. And it's like, no, your relationship is going to bring up a lot of fucking trauma that you thought you worked through, but it is not true. I'm going to let you know. I mean, I guess I'm on the other end of that because I kind of disagree with that statement. I do agree with the society phrase of, like, you need to love yourself before you go loving somebody else. Um, I don't think you have to figure out all of your trauma. No. Or, like, work through everything and be perfect, but I think that you have to take the time to, like, love yourself, enjoy your own company, and, like, start working <laughs> through some of your trauma. Yes, but I don't, I don't think, like, I don't think you have to do it alone. Like, I don't think you have to be single without a spouse in order to do those things. Like, when I started working through a lot of my shit, I was in my relationship with this person. And I I wasn't alone. Like, I was in that relationship working on these things. And as they would come up with myself, i try to work on them in my relationship. Was it successful with this person? No. But, like, did it get easier when I was able to move out of that relationship and on to the next one to have those conversations with someone who also was is working on themselves? Yes. So I think you don't have to necessarily be alone to work on trauma. Like, you don't have to be single. I don't think you have to be truly alone. I think that usually, like, you'll have a support group, whether it's yeah. a relationship or, like, friends, family. So as long as yeah. you have somebody, like, to bounce things off. I mean, we have many conversations about all the growth that we've had and mm-hmm. things that we've been gone, gone through. And I think without that, it may be not have progressed as quickly as it has yeah or even just the, the time that you took after that relationship was a, another huge growth period yeah where you were like oh wow like now that I have left it and I see the differences like yeah what's happening yeah and things that I was like oh my god I'm so healed from I don't need to like ever work on that again and like the the saying that healing is not a fucking straight line it is a goddamn fucking like circle in and of itself is true because like you will go through those points that like it's so easy to go through something and then you're like wow that was so easy like this would have triggered me before and then all of a sudden six months later the same thing basically happens and you're like enraged you like don't know how to handle it and you're like I just did this like what the fuck is going on I thought we were good bro (laughs) like and it's all circumstantial and I think those like I think with that growth not being stagnant you're gonna have those things come up in those relationships i think you have to kind of i think the best thing i can say is to take out the condition of a relationship entirely let's just think about like without those parameters we're humans we're in a constant state of evolution growth etc and sometimes it's static just like you see the like it's up and down and (laughs) the big circle like jocelyn's talking about but Even without saying, like, if you have to be single or in a relationship, you want to continue to make growth. Mm -hmm. And when you are choosing time and time again 
to either act the same way, to continue to feel the same mindset, to continue to give a reason as to why you can or cannot do something, that is going to stop you. Um, and, and that, at the end of the day, is, is what's usually going to start influencing the relationships that you have around you. Mm-hmm. Because if people are doing the growth around you, like, eventually you'll outgrow certain relationships. Yes. Or those relationships will linger behind while you continue to grow. Yeah, and sometimes that is why relationships drop off. I mean, if you want to add that back in, I mean, people have had many successful relationships, and then something happens, and somebody's growth period has made a flip or a flop. And then because of that, or their lack of change, whatever the other two, you know, what are the options, that relationship is not going to be able to be successful anymore because something has changed. Yeah. And so that happens too. But I'd like to jump into the red flags of mm. emotionally draining people yes. so that you guys can identify for yourself what might be an emotionally draining person for yourself. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think the first thing is to check in with yourself. How do you feel before and before during and after you interact with said person yeah because that's usually the biggest statement in itself you know you can be on a such riding such a high before you like you're jamming out to jams on the way over there and then you get to the cafe and you meet that person and then they just talk and talk and talk and it's very one-sided and then you leave there and you're like i don't feel like i said anything about anything and i'm like kind of feeling, like, down. I was, like, disappointed that the conversation went that way. Yeah. And, like, that is a good sign to tell you, like, how you feel before, during, or after you meet with somebody is a way and how your interactions are going. Absolutely. Like, Jocelyn and I is a good example of a good relationship. No matter what state I'm in, Jocelyn is always there to support and, and help me if I need it, as well as most times when Jocelyn shows up here and she leaves, I'm like, I can do everything. Let's go on. I'm also feeling so positive. I'm going to go on a walk and go on a hike. And, and like, she's motivating me as well and also accepting me 100% as I am. We have two-sided conversations. We let each other talk. We don't run over each other. You know, it's a very open circle and dialogue mm-hmm. and interaction. So I think that is definitely red flag number one is if you're feeling some type of way after you guys interact. Um, do you have one? No. Not right now. I might, but, okay. like, not right now. I I'm, not, I'm, like, I'm like, no, that's a good one. That's a great one, actually. Um, I think another red flag is the reasoning, the excuses. Somebody's mm. always giving you a reason why they can't do something or better themselves Mm -hmm. um which has no comment on what you are doing i want to emphasize Mm. that as well like just because someone is at a point in their life where they're not ready to make change does not mean that somehow you've done that or caused that or directly interacted with what's happening there Mm -hmm. um but if you're identifying that someone is consistently giving you the same answers over and over again and the same reasoning as to why something isn't able to be successful like say you guys are having a problem and you want you keep arguing about the same problem and you keep trying to resolve it but you're not able to resolve it for Mm -hmm. whatever reason you guys should hopefully be able to like take a breath, take some space, or, like, try a different method as to how to resolve it. And if you're time and time again, or even maybe you do resolve it, and you, you know, oh, I'm going to strive to do this next time, and that stuff isn't happening, and you continue to have the same argument again, that's going to get draining. How many times can you do the same thing over and over and expecting a different result? I mean, that's where that phrase comes from. Right. And so that is another identification flag that you can be like, oh, yeah, I'm just... 
Time, time. Same conversation. I still find myself leaving just as frustrated. No resolution. Um, frustration and resolution is their own red flags, honestly. Um, and also, like, if you're leaving that conversation and the other person isn't like, I will do this and this is how I will be better. The fact that you brought that up, I actually just watched a video from a teacher that I follow and she gave like, such a great example on, like, how to give an actual, like, formal good apology. Because a lot of times we just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't mean to do that. And the way she said it, she's like, I'm sorry for it was wrong because next time I will. Mm. You, you acknowledge what you did. You take accountability for why it was wrong. And then you do better. Yes. Like a basic. It's like a full apology. It's right. not just like an I'm sorry and I'll never do it again. It is, I, I'm sorry for, uh, it was wrong because, so you acknowledge you're taking responsibility for your actions and then next time I will, and you're saying I will do something, I will not, I will not, or I won't, ha- that won't happen again. It's no, I will, and you're striving to do something to better yourself in our interactions. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's a great way. Like, somebody who doesn't apologize is a red flag. <laughs> no f- fake apologies. Or the... Just to pacify you apologies. Or the the apologies that are my favorite from, like, some of my emotionally draining people in my past are, I'm so sorry that you feel that way. Oh, I my hope- God! Oh. <laughs> I hope that next time um, you can we can work through this better. I'm like, we, bitch, I did fine. Like, bro, what the fuck is up with you? Anytime someone puts my, like, their apology on uh, the the way you're feeling, they're apologizing for the way you are feeling or the way that you acted is a huge red flag for me. Like, did you, that's such a Mm non-apology apology. Like, I'm sorry that you you feel that way. That's like you said. It's like pacifying you in a way. It's like just like making you feel like I gave you an apology without actually apologizing. The pacifying like apologies I'm talking about is like the, I'm, you know, I'm sorry just to shut you up. Like Mm, whether it's like just to move on from the situation or just to get the argument to be over. Like that is the pacifying apology I'm talking about. Yours is like the non-apology apology, apology, Mm. which also... (laughs) Not an apology. I it's can't literally called the that. I'm a, the apology non-apology for a reason. It's like I'm sorry you got upset. Like, are you apologizing because I got upset? Right. What are you apologizing for? Because I reacted. Like, thanks for your non-accountability. Yeah. Or the the cheaters that you apologize to, and they're like, oh, I'm so sorry you found that in my phone. Why don't you apologize for actually cheating, motherfucker? Like, bitch. What? Wow, I shouldn't have been talking to those people. Right. No. No, no accountability. Yeah, that's a red flag. Um, I think it could be a red flag. I would maybe consider it a yellow one, like a cautious flag, um, is self-deprecation. I think we all can say that we, at one point or another, have struggled with the way that we talk to each other, to ourselves. Mm. You know, what we see in the mirror, how we talk about, like, our appearance or what we've done. But someone that is truly self-deprecating is going to be hard to rationalize with because there's always going to be a reason why. Like, oh, I'm just not good enough for you. Oh, my gosh, I'm so stupid. How could I fucking do that? Like, you're not going to have a successful conversation with a Mm -hmm. resolution because they're so focused on their own self-deprecation that they can't see outside of your, like, to see your problem. Mm -hmm. 
Or they just can't see outside of the singular problem. Right. The singular problem. It's a, I'm sorry I did that. Or or not even I did that. I'm sorry. I'm so stupid. Like, I shouldn't have done that. And it's like, okay, but you're not stupid. Maybe you just didn't know any better. Were you not taught? Like, we just had this conversation this morning, my spouse and I, that like, we're very different people. Like, there are certain things that we would never do to anybody because we just are like, that's just not cool. Like, that's not anything that I want to do, so I'm not going to do it. Like, I'm never going to call a friend, show up to a place, and then not let them know I'm 30 minutes late or not let them know, like, what what the deal is or, hey, plans, p- plans changed super last minute. I'm so sorry. And, like, I think the other part of that is, like, knowing that the other person doesn't like change. So just keep the fucking plan. That's... I, if you know somebody has a problem with, like, things changing in the moment, like, they're not a very go-with-the-flow person, making them have to go with the flow. You brought up another good flag for me, because, I mean, one of the ones I'm thinking of for a red flag is that you're not willing to be flexible. Like, you get, you're giving... But is that because, like, I'm going to play devil's advocate on this one. Is that because they're just an anxious person, so sometimes... Let me, hear me out, Okay, all right. Okay. So uh, you're talking about, like, you know, someone doesn't like change, so you don't want to change plans. Mm. Like, that's a nice thing that you you can even consider that other person and know that. Right. But, like, so me, I'm, like, anxious. And, like, we talked about on the podcast before, like, going to the, the sauna. You told me a list of things I was supposed to bring, so I wasn't anxious. Mm-hmm. Or, like, and I like I gave to... you a general rundown of, like, hey, this is every, this is how it goes. This is usually how I do it. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Here's, here's how things happen. I Or, like, I have a random thing where, like, I like to find my seat in a crowded restaurant before I go and, like, go to the bathroom or something. Because then that, the worst thing is, like, looking around and being like, where did my party go? Yeah. Like, that just gives me anxiety. But, like, knowing that about me, you would accommodate me in that sense. You, you keep oh that God. in mind right. for when something like that came up. It's the people that don't and are so inflexible, whether that's non-accommodating, too self-absorbed, that can't think outside of themselves. Like, whatever the reasoning is, they're unwilling to see your side, your feelings, your thought patterns, you know, your anxiety or whatever happens, things that you like or need. Thoughts? Yes. I just think that sometimes I'm, I am a proponent of being caught up in myself sometimes because there's just so much going on that somebody will tell me something and I just like, in one ear and out the other. And it's not because I don't care. And it's not because I don't want to hear those things. It's simply because at that moment, that's not where I'm at and I'm not able to hear you. Okay. Can I give you a counterexample then? Okay. So say we have this conversation you're saying or you're caught up in your own. If I were to tell you, hey, I feel like you're not hearing me. This is what I need. What is your response? See, but I can't, my response is I can't hear you right now because I have too much of my own shit going on. But is that a red flag? No, because it's only the one time. I'm talking about like, it, most of these things are going to be reoccurring issues for right. someone who's, That's emo- also true. who's emotionally draining. It's going to be reoccurring over and over. You're talking yeah. about like a one-off, like, oh, I'm just caught up today. Most of the time you're not caught up. It's this the people true. that show you that they're caught up with themselves over and over, over. and over again. Or All you're right. like, hey, I need this from you. I need I need extra love and attention this way. And they're like, well, I don't see why you need that. Like, it, it, okay, wait, let me give you a better example. I tell, I tell somebody, 
that I like somebody who's willing to help me because I feel supported mm. by people helping me around. Like, if we live together, I want you to help out because this is your home. Mm-hmm. Also because it matters to me. And you could be like, maybe you don't see it that way. Maybe you don't care about how your house looks or what what happens in it. But I feel like it should matter to you because it matters to me. It's important to me. And if you care about me, it should be important. If you time and time again just tell me like oh i don't see why you need that what the heck's wrong why do you why do you need to have the house clean like i don't get it it's like okay but you don't want to see or get it (laughs) it's like you continue to show like you don't want (laughs) to help you don't you're telling me that it's not important and so like you're disregarding my own feelings and what i prefer because you just don't see the the gravity or the the importantness in it yeah I think that's a very, like, women-oriented issue. <laughs> that one specifically, but... And I love... there. There's a guy on TikTok that I, I found, or maybe I found him on Instagram, but he, like, talks about this thing that's, like... Uh, a guy commented on his video and was like, I just don't understand why you can't just tell me... Like, give me a list of five things to do. And he's like... The guy was like, you have eyes. You can see that there are dirty dishes in the sink. You can see that the trash is full and that it needs to go out. You can see that like this happened and this happened and these things just need to be done because you have fucking eyes. You can see that, the, hey, I got to pack this for my kid because they're going to daycare tomorrow. So yeah, I threw a load of laundry in. Am, am I going to take one of our kids and go to the grocery store because we lost power for two days? So I cleaned out the fridge because fuck, I'm not going to deal with dirty shit in my fridge. I'm not just going to leave my wife to clean out the fridge and then go grocery shopping for all the shit that was in the fridge. I should know what the fuck is in the fridge because I'm actively participating in my household. And I'm like, okay, yeah, it's true. You got motherfucking eyes. Open them. You can see that there's shit that's dirty. That's definitely the mental load conversation topic. But, I mean, in relation to emotionally draining people, I feel like it's going to look something similar as to what we've just mentioned like yeah you're asking for something and they're like i don't see the value in it so i don't care yeah and it's like oh okay slap me in the face (laughs) whatever like fuck me (laughs) like i guess i just don't matter just gonna go fuck off right now yeah but like if that happens time and time again you're going to have burnout i think that's what emotionally draining people leads to is it's an emotional burnout Mm -hmm. because how many times can you go in circles like how many times can you hit yourself in the face before how many times can you hit the wall yeah before you're just like all right stop hitting the wall my face my fucking face hurts yeah like you're gonna stop having those conversations and to bring it back to our emotion of the week you're gonna become withdrawn yeah and i think it can lead to also being apathetic Yes. When when you're that was having... the other word I almost wanted to pick for this episode because I was like, ooh, apathetic. That was that's exactly how my relationship ended. Was I knew it was coming. I saw all the signs the morning that it happened. He was so disconnected, laying in bed, then tried to connect with me, and then I was like, hey, like I'm in the middle of this. Like, can we enjoy a cup of coffee? Like, you know, say in 20 minutes, I'm in the middle of like my yoga practice. Can we just like connect in 20 minutes? Like, just get me till I finish this flow, and then you know I'll be yeah. happy to have a cup of coffee okay, when it goes back inside, I was on the balcony just doing my my normal Sunday morning routine because he always slept in on Sunday morning. So I was like, oh, Sunday mornings, I made a routine for myself. One morning got up early and I just was seeing all these signs. By the end of the conversation, I was literally just sitting there and he was like, see, see, this is what happens with all of you women that like at the end of this relationship, at the Ugh, end of these, first what? of all, yeah, re- also red flag. Um, 
And then he was like, this is what happens with all you women. You always just become, I can just see it in your eyes. You're so apathetic right now. And I was like, how am I supposed to feel when this is like the seventh time you've broken up with me? And like, I don't even know the time frame, but probably less than a year. I think this was not so understood like, when ugh. you're the emotionally draining person is like, we're human. We can only do so much before it starts breaking our spirit or mm-hmm. our, our feelings, and we don't want to protect ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so you, then you get the guards, and they go back up. I mean, emotionally draining people. How many times can how many times can you cry over something that is happening in your relationship before you're like, I want to stop crying. Like this is tiring. I'm literally sitting here crying and keeping myself up at night because I'm so upset. And like, but you're also not helping me to resolve any of this. Mm-hmm. This is not, this is not working. Whatever's happening is not working. And so you want to stop crying. So then you stop letting it bother you. You get over it. You, you start to like, well, I can just let that roll off my back. I don't have to be so worried about their thoughts when they don't care about mine. And then you just withdraw or they're saying really hurtful things. How many times can someone say something really hurtful to you before you're like, I want to stop feeling hurt about this. Like, I'm either going to get over it, I'm going to put my boundaries up and my guards and be like, "Mm, I'm leaving this conversation if you keep continue to talk to me like that. Like, there's going to be a hard line. There's always a hard line. And it's, I think that emotionally draining people don't necessarily always see the line. And, like, they don't feel it coming either. And so, like, they're just going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing until you they, you hit that, like, hard line. And you're like, mm, nope, nope, got to withdraw. And then that's when, like, the emotionally draining person is like, I don't understand why you're acting like this and da-da-da. And you're like, I tried to put up all of these boundaries. And now I just, like, I yeah. don't know what else to do and, with you. I mean, this is coming from someone who now I, I've learned a lot more tips and tools. Like, I was still young when I encountered my first, like, very emotionally draining person, and I did not have all the success tools that I think I have now, and the boundaries, and the Mm. support and confidence. I don't, I was very, like, I don't understand, and, like, the one that I'm, the, the person that I remember is probably different today as well, but at the time, I was ending every phone call in a crying, like, upset state because I was just like, I don't know what they need. I don't know how to help. They don't like the help that I'm offering to them. Like, I'm just getting so upset. And, like, all of our encounters are just ending so poorly. And, and, like, it actually took my stepmom, which shout out to her, being like, hey, like, this is really starting to bother you. Like, this is not good for your own well-being. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you thought about taking a step back? And I was like, no, but you're probably not wrong and I'm willing to try something new. <laughs> like, I wish at the time, looking back on it, that I had had the, do you need advice or do you yes. need to vent? Because I think that would have helped the situation a bit. But because, And I can see it transform some of the relationships that I have now using that method. Like, yes. some person who used to be a very draining person, when they want to talk about something, I'm like, okay, you're telling me you want to vent. But with that vent, do you just want me to listen? Do you want advice? Or do you need me to provide a solution? I take it and then I'm taking accountability for the way that I'm reacting to what they're going to tell me. Yeah. So either I can be full ears or I can just be like, okay. It now looks different for us now that we've put that in place. Because now it's like, 
oh, well, if you're venting, I'm just going to be like, oh, my God, what a bitch that person was. And yes. how dare that happen? And give you, like, that type of, like, hype you up support in the right. frustration that you're feeling. Whereas, like, if you need advice, I'm going to be actively listening. Oh, okay. And then, like, thinking about what I could help mm-hmm. the situation Absolutely. or give you, you know, the support that you need with the advice. And so it looks a little, it looks different. Yeah. And and usually, like, for myself, like, when I give advice, it's, it's like, twofold. Like, there's two things I'm going to give advice about advice on because if you want a solution I'll tell you what I think you need to do I have no problem telling somebody what I think they should do that is not an issue for me but I think that's why establishing that boundary with you was easier to fix that in other other ways because you were also so gentle about the fact that you're like hey you're like pushing a solution I don't really want that and I'm like totally right I am I fucking I now am. acknowledge that because I, I had had many people like I mean you brought up in the beginning of the episode the oh it's okay you're fine don't you don't have to cry and I'm like I don't just like give me a minute like I just need to feel what I'm feeling yeah <laughs> or it was like you know people were I, I mean even I acknowledged it myself was offering people a bunch of solutions it was my first thing I, I need to fix your problem I need to fix your problem and that was like a very me thing mm-hmm. that I was I was like needing to fix your problem not like just gently listening to you so that I could help you and your problem. Yeah, yeah. And it's, so once I acknowledged that, I was like, ooh, okay, we gotta, like... We gotta work on that. That needs to get sorted out and a better solution, and that's what we ended up coming up with. And yeah. Joss was my first person that I offered that to, and I was like, can we... Can we do you think this would be good? Can we try to integrate this? And yeah. you're like, I don't think that would be great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it came from so much of us just, like... We had time in quarantine to just unpack so much shit because we didn't have anything else to do. Like we were in our we were in our pods and like you and I were the external of the pod. Like for our group, I was like, this is my one external person. She stays in the pod. <laughs> I'm not giving this one away. <laughs> like we were able to cultivate that. And because we, you know, we're home and stuck with ourselves and a small group of people. We worked through a lot of things that I feel like if we didn't work through those things, we would still be getting all caught up with these emotionally draining people. And like, yes, we had established, you know, and like we've said in so many episodes, we really started working on boundaries. Like this is a hard no for me. You cannot yeah, cross this line. And what actual boundaries look like. It's yes. not like, well, you don't get to talk to me like that. It's I will be leaving this conversation if you continue to speak to me like that. Yes. I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, that's something that's so, I think, so hard to do when you have an emotionally draining person right in front of you. Oof, yeah. Like, face to face, having the fucking gall, the balls, and the goddamn confidence to not only say that, but then actually follow through with the action. Yeah. It's I think that's very hard. It is you want really to slip hard. back into old ways or just and like, just be accommodating and like Or like you'll work it out. We'll figure it out. It'll be better next time. And like Mm-mm. if it's happened time and time again, like three strikes you're out. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you should live I I never lived by that rule before, but now I'm like, no, that's like actually has some weight in that phrase. Yeah. Yep. Um I think some other advice if you want it. <laughs> if you don't, you just that click us I, off. <laughs> that I would suggest is, like I said, you have to check in with yourself. You want to see how you're interacting with a person. Um, I found a great tool from another creator on TikTok, and I really liked it. And I know I shared it with you, but when you are trying to figure out how you're interacting with someone and what it's doing to your own well-being 
they use this list where you is it are you moving forward with this person Mm. are you staying where you are or are you moving backwards with this person and so you kind of write down all of like the interactions that you're having and how you feel about those interactions and then you're able to like okay well I'm gonna list all of these things in the static category the staying put and then you you kind of reevaluate and see where you think it should have gone and how those interactions may have gone and where you would actually put them and like you reevaluate again and like did they stay there and then you also put them in the backwards category and like thinking about those two is it moving forward like staying put or backwards or is it like staying put slash forward like and you can kind of decide once you've gone through it twice how you feel like that person is interacting with your life Mm. and what if that makes you happy or not because if you feel like you're like oh well like I've now seen how my interactions make me feel which is like moving backwards but also what is the impact that it's having on my life around this person like what if changes have I made in my life am I moving backwards or forwards or static Mm -hmm. to accommodate this person and it's like oh well man I actually kind of have haven't made a lot of changes in the last few years since I've known this person and you know my interactions do kind of feel like I'm moving backwards in a way Mm -hmm. and then knowing that information you can go from there Mm -hmm. um I'm not gonna lie and say like you will continue to have a relationship with said person yeah it's not always possible it's very much something you have to do what's good for you and that may change that may ebb and flow and it's hard because even some of the people that I have, um, I guess, cut off is the word. Or it let sounds go, harsh. Let go of in it my life. It sounds harsh, but, like, it's the truth. Like, sometimes you just have to be like, yeah, this isn't working, and end it. And that's that's what I, ha- I kind of talked it out with myself, because I didn't have that, like, moving forward, backwards list mm. um, activity that I just spoke about. But I looked at how my interactions were going, how I felt, and also like just the overall themes of what was happening and I was like and how often how how many times like if I'm feeling like I'm either having that person take so much of me and Mm -hmm. and stuff that's happening in my life away from me and is it outweighing what they're giving to me and that's what the give or taker comes back in Mm -hmm. you know what are they taking versus what are they giving and if it's not some type of 50-50, if not more, <laughs> the giving side. I'm not sure if it's the best decision like decision in the interest of your well-being for mm-hmm. you to continue that relationship. Um, because it, as someone who has been burnt out on more than a few occasions from emotionally draining people, it is hard and it can be very detrimental to your own state, mm-hmm. your own life, how you, what you plan to do. I mean, think about if you were to interact with a grumpy bear type of emotionally draining person, how many times are you going to hear how, like, horrible things are, how pessimistic everything is, and, like, how stupid and and horrible everything is before you start saying that yourself? Or it starts impacting you and you're not making, you're not having that drive to move forward. Jocelyn's a very motivating person. I love that about her um, because I, I like to be ever evolving and ever changing and when I interact with Jocelyn, I leave being like, oh, I feel motivated to do more things. Mm. If Jocelyn was leaving me in a feeling where, like, I, she's like, oh, why are you doing this? Why are you even working on that? How, 
what do you need to work on your creativity? Like, Mm -hmm. I would probably feel a lot differently and be like, oh, I'm not going to work on my art anymore because, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not worth my time. Mm -hmm. And that, that impacts your life. And so as much as it may feel selfish, I think you have to keep your own well-being and interest in mind first and, and prioritize that. And the fallout can come after that. Thoughts? Beautiful. Okay. I guess I want to take us out. And before I take us out, I think I just have like a little side note for somebody who may have listened to this episode and identified that maybe they're the emotionally draining person. Mm. Devil's advocate, as always. <laughs> I think because of the person that I am, I can always see two sides. And I always know what you're going through. I can't claim to understand or, or know all of your circumstances, but I think trying to understand humans as a whole... God, it's complicated. It's so complicated. And I don't want you to walk away from this episode being like, oh, God, I'm an emotional draining person. I push everybody away. I think that maybe in the state that your life is in or the, the choices that you're making and the things that you say to people around you are having an impact, I think it's hard to work through trauma. And I think that is one of the main causes, I feel like, for emotionally draining people is that there is some type of unworked through trauma, whether that's childhood, something's happened in your life. It's tough, but if you even if you start to try to work through it, it can get better. You can have better better interactions, even if it's not trauma that's holding you and you're just feeling like you maybe are more of a taker than a giver. There are steps that you can take to offer more to your relationships and have that balance back out. Mm-hmm. So it is not the end of the situation. You don't have to, you know, lose people or feel like you're losing people in your life because of what's happening. Mm-hmm. It can always be turned around and there's always room for growth and we absolutely account for all of that and support you. So if you're feeling like you're an emotionally draining person and you need someone to talk to, our DMs are always open. But on that note, I am going to take us out. We love all of you. You are all human. Um, and follow, rate, like, and subscribe. You can follow us on TikTok and Instagram at tabletalks.podcast. Go about your week and have the week that you want to have.